Hi everyone, welcome back to Behind the Timeline, the podcast where we examine pop culture in films, television, and books across the ages. As always, we are your hosts, Lindsay and Scott. If you're interested in finding out what we've already covered or what we've got coming up in the future weeks, be sure to leave us a follow on Instagram at Go Behind the Timeline. Check us out on Twitter at Behind Timeline and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Additionally, links to our Patreon and our official website can be found in the episode descriptions if you would like to support the podcast. And now, on with the show. No. Right, like, Papa's like, shut the fucking window, go after your kid, man. Because here's the thing. I mean, I think Papa Mouse is like, let the mouse quitzes, we'll have lots more mice. <laughs> like five holes. This is like survival of the it's best. Not my only child. <laughs> we I have a whole family to to support and to save here. And if five holes is like this determined <laughs> to jump off of mass transit, let him. Like, cause he just every time. Like, like <laughs> All right, let's do this. Panels maybe kind of done. Um, so I I hate being right about this movie. I know. Yeah, I kind of called this last week. Yeah, uh, I learned a lot doing my research. And as I learned more, I was just like, fucking A, man. Lindsay was so right about this. And it it it's like the biggest part of my notes, too. And we'll get into it. But um, I do have a like a legitimate question about this, though. Like, it, would you say this is our first Western? Is this a Western? Man. Would you call this a Western? Fucking technically, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, I, I'm not really sure. I, it is definitely like a, perhaps a pastiche of the Western, if that's the right use of that word. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be like, not convinced that that's the right use. It's not even an homage. Well, that's why I think it's a bit pastiche, but I'm not. Pastiche. Dude, you sound so fucking refined. I don't even know. (laughs) I just it's it is definitely um, I think homage is actually the right word. It is an homage to the Western. It has elements of a Western. It's definitely yeah. like the we'll we'll get into the characters and stuff. But for sure, like Burps McGee or Burp whatever the fuck was the worst. Was, he was I hated that guy, first of all. But uh, <laughs> um, like really a lot hated him. But, uh, but like McGee. Burps I want that on my driver's license. God, I fuck, I swear. But uh, no, that was, you know, he's like obviously based on Western tropes. Like, yeah, I, I guess it's a Western. Yeah, I don't know, but here yeah, we are. Yeah. It's it's an American tale. Bible yeah. goes west. Bible goes west. Which is here's the craziest thing about this is this is like it, this is the point where we can watch emblemation fa- like Universal's failure to sustain momentum with Disney. So like fresh off the heels of Disney's first sequel, which if you guys remember last week was uh, the Rescuers Down Under. Another vermin sequel, Scott. Another vermin sequel. I know. It's just like how animation rolls. Like, how does that? That's such a weird coincidence, isn't it? I. It really kind of is. And I mean, technically, this is Bluth's first sequel. We'll get into why it technically is and technically isn't. It is kind of ironic, but I don't think it was planned 
here's where things start to fall apart. Um, this was actually directed by Phil Nebelink and Simon Wells, who this is so not important, and I'm not even going to bring this up again, so I'm just going to mention it now. Simon Wells is the great-grandson of H.G. Wells, which I thought was fucking crazy to me, that this guy is out here working on, like, un- failures at Universal when his grandfather wrote, like, The Invisible Man and The Time Machine. Yeah, which we talked about when we did Back to the Future. Yeah. I right. just think that's insane to me. <laughs> like, that's yeah. just so crazy. Um, <laughs> like, whoopsie do. <laughs> I know. Like, damn, bro. You kind of like the apple fell hella far from the tree. Uh, but yeah, so Five Adventurous Return was written by Flint Dill, Charles Swenson, and David Kirshner, who you'll remember, Kirshner returns again as a producer from the first one, but is also a producer on Hocus Pocus. I'm going to mention that all the time because I love Hocus Pocus. Love so me that. some Hocus Pocus yeah. all all day. That it's, will certainly be a Halloween episode in the future, probably following the, the release of the sequel. I think that's when we should do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Philip Glasser returns as Five although... I'll kind of get into it when we talk about Fievel, but there's some weird things going on with him, uh, as well as Nehemiah Persoff as Papa and Dom DeLuise as Tiger. We do enjoy the introduction of John Cleese as Cat R. Wall. This is the first time that he would ever voice or become, he would like do the voice acting for a character and he had always wanted to do so. And then by the end of this movie, he like did everything he could to not tell people he was in this. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> like, I would have too. I would have denied as plausibly as I could for as long as yeah. I could that I had anything to do with this movie. <laughs> so the craziest part about this, though, is originally, so Tanya, his sister, the voice actress got replaced either way. But there was another actress who I, they know, no one has ever been able to tell me why. And nothing I've ever done through the research has been able to tell me why she got replaced. However, uh, the actress who plays Tanya was replaced by Kathy Cavadini uh, for both the speaking and the singing roles. And she was, sp- she was selected specifically because they didn't have to swap her out for like a singer. Right. Which they were still, I, we just talked about this too, yeah. a, a couple episodes ago about um, voice actors who don't do the do singing. Or don't sing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we talked about like Jonathan Taylor Thomas and the Lion King. And stuff, yeah, right? exactly. So like there are pieces of this where you're like, okay, you guys are kind of like ahead of yourselves or like ahead of the game here. Like you're, you're looking for talent who can do both sides. Can, of the yeah. Coin. Who can put them together for sure. And I, I think especially like she actually was pretty good in this movie. Yeah. Tanya might've been the, the, the only character that I almost kind of liked in this movie. <laughs> Certainly not Fievel. Oh we know is the it, fucking worst. But um, I should have started the episode with this, and I am going to cut you off because I got cut off like at the legs when we did Five or an American Tale. I'm saying this right now. This is, I swear to God, I will dig dirt to make this the hill I die on. Those <laughs> parents are the worst Boys. parents in the fucking world and it's not even Holy the 80s anymore like shit, we don't even I know. Have to deal with that in a minute like it's really not the 80s and yeah I, man. I literally i'm watching this like holy shit dude like he okay we'll get into it later but we'll anyway let me, yeah I, let me hit I, you. I was gonna say it was i enjoyed that they did recast tanya because she did a lot of singing and a lot of talking and it was nice to have that be seamless she had most of the music it was very yeah. like organic for her it made sense that they replaced her um, let me hit you with a with a plot somewhere. Yeah, here. I have a plot here. <laughs> All right, 
Realizing that life in America isn't as wonderful and prosperous as they'd once believed, the Mouskowitz family seeks yet another new life way out west after being seduced by the words of Silvertongue Cat or Wall and his band of friendly cats. Friendly cats, indeed. Indeed, yeah. What and what a riveting plot it was. I know. Um, <laughs> I do like, <laughs> like the one part about that that I did enjoy is as goofy as it is, and it is played just for laughs. It does show that it literally is driving the cats insane to be nice to these mice. Oh yeah, they cannot handle it. Yeah, he, he literally natural. like he can't handle it. Like I just I thought that was like a really nice add-in like going against your nature or whatever and i'm going to tell you guys right now i will be looking for deeper meaning this entire movie because yeah. i refuse to believe that there is not there's nothing here man i was movie. trying to I was, <laughs> yeah. I was digging every line i was like do we get something because we're we're gonna get there let's let's i don't know how we're getting ahead of ourselves in a movie we're not excited to talk about like you and <laughs> i just started to like, just be confused about it just to be pissed because you know yeah because we liked this movie growing up. We're I in did. that phase of the nostalgia bit yeah. where it's like, I remember I loved Rescuers Down Under and I loved Five Goes West, but fuck me, they're not good. So no. tell me where you can get this though. Oddly, it's everywhere. It is actually kind of everywhere. Uh, it's in, it's on Amazon Prime to rent. Uh, you can get it on Hulu Stars and whatever Philo is, as long as you have yeah. the expanded subscriptions to them. Yeah, I was surprised to find that I just had access to it on Amazon, but it's because of Stars for you Ooh, guessed it. You guessed yeah, it. I did guess it. Westworld, Outlander. Okay, Westworld's whatever. We haven't talked HBO. about that in like a. God we haven't talked about that in like it. six months, no, man. Well, because it's been off the air. But Outlanders <laughs> is on Stars, which I have access to, and it was like play, and I was like, "What the fuck do you mean play? Surely you have to buy this. Like this is not <laughs> available to me on Amazon Prime." But it was because I have the Stars, so. Um, it was nice that I didn't pay for this. It was surprising that it was available on stars. It is kind of crazy. Um, take, take us to the timeline. Yeah. Let's get into the timeline. Holy shit. So, yeah, we only had one movie in 1990, uh, and we already went over why. So now we're all the way into 1991. For historical context, Operation Desert Storm forces Iraqi troops out of Kuwait. Jeffrey Dahmer is arrested. Apartheid. I'm going to say this wrong just to piss you no, off. No, you said it right. Did I really? Apartheid. Okay, cool. Uh, okay, Apartheid uh, is dismantled, and Rodney King's arrest captures police brutality on film. And the associated riots took place later in 1992. Um, this was in no way, shape, or form considered for the Oscars. Uh, not a fucking chance. Not, no shot. Not even at all. Um, Dances with Wolves took home Best Picture for 91, uh, along with Best Director for Kevin Costner. And Silence of the Lambs debuted in 91 and won the Oscar in 92. So that's go, worthwhile mentioning that, that this is the year that Silence of the Lambs came out. 1991, I'm going to talk about grossing, the top grossing movies here. So 1991 saw the release of some seriously insane films that absolutely devastated the box office from stem to stern. Coming in hella strong, like $60 million ahead of the second film was Terminator 2 Judgment Day, mm -hmm. which raked in over $204 million in its entire theatrical run. And I'm already laughing because I just read the second part of this note. An American Tale, Five Will Goes West, placed 81st 
amongst released films in 1991 at just over 22 million against a 16.5 million dollar budget just to kind of give you guys kind of like a little bit of a reference (laughs) five goes west was beaten out by the likes of my girl Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secrets of the Ooze, and fucking Kindergarten Cop. You do not want to get beaten by Secrets of the Ooze, I will tell you. Like, that's brutal. (laughs) Like, come on, man. That's not great. (laughs) Sequels, so... Yeah, yeah, we it's it's the first Universal film to start a franchise, um, but it's the last film of this franchise to go to theaters. Obviously, shocking. I'm fucking can't believe that this movie went to theaters straight I, up. Yeah. Um, and the Land Before Time, incidentally, is this the second like kind of Universal franchise franchise um, that got a sequel. But Great Valley Adventure didn't come out until 94, which yeah. actually tracks for the number of times I, know. I watched Great Valley Adventure. I'm like, I, yeah, I share it. So that's why I was so into that. It was brand spanking new. Exactly. And the other, the <laughs> biggest thing about it is Universal immediately learned from this movie and just started doing all their sequels straight to VHS. Straight, yeah. Oh, they were like, we don't, we don't have yeah. the chops, right? They're like, no fucking chance. Well, and Amblimation ended up falling apart shortly after this, so... We've been in the timeline forever. Let's go to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sweet Jesus. So this is the part where like I did the majority of the research for this because I needed to understand like what happened to my childhood rewatching. Yeah. Why does it turn out that this sucks and that there's no, what we were alluding to earlier for those who may not have heard the prior episode. We talked about in our rescuers down under episode that we were like, I said, I think maybe this movie's going to suck. I think maybe there's actually nothing here in five will Ghost west. And we're crazy because we remember seeing it when we were two. And, uh, I hate being right about that, but but your your counter for those who didn't hear it was not nah, Don Bluth always has something intelligent to say. And yeah, no, Don Bluth is not part of this movie. So go He's on, tell, us, here, tell us why this so, movie has nothing intelligent to say, Scott. <laughs> I lovingly dubbed this part the production mistakes of this film sink an already sinking ship. Oh yeah. First and foremost, you guys need to understand that the majority of th- uh, this film, or like the entirety of this film, this was Amblimation, Steven Spielberg's animated studio. It was done entirely by them. And the entire reason that Amblimation was created was so Steven Spielberg could provide jobs for the animators after the studio that assisted them with 1988's Who Framed Roger Rabbit was closed. And these animators lost all their jobs. What unfortunately is also true about that is this movie is plagued by horrendous decisions all across the board and it eventually led to a borderline unanimous panning from critics but the most notable amongst like all of these mistakes was the departure of don bluth before production even began yeah that's a bad sign um (laughs) emblematic of how i think that the last airbender live action is probably gonna go i agree yeah i'm like you don't want to see your your og creator walk in pre-production is not a good sign it's he said in 1993 that it was a it was under the impression so he was under the impression that Sullivan Bluth Studios would be producing the film. 
Once Steven Spielberg actually informed him that Amblimation would be taking over, due largely to the latter's desire to keep the animators from Roger Rabbit employed, Bluth parted from the film due to what they just called creative differences. Which we're going to hear that again. Yeah, we're going to hear that a lot. (laughs) I know. We're going to hear that so much. Um, Unfortunately, the mistakes (laughs) don't really stop there. If you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to know this name and you're going to hate it. But shortly before pre-production began, Kathleen Kennedy was sent by Spielberg to negotiate terms for Amblimation to produce the film under the condition that it be done for less than the original film's $9 million budget. Bluth refused, and the movie would go on to cost a whopping $6.5 million. Obviously, like you're gonna everything's gonna fall apart when your showrunner dips or like you know the OG workers like are just gone. So Bluth's departure from the film actually resulted in a like a massive lack of Disneyism and like subtle storytelling gems that we'd come to love in Land Before Time and the First American Tale. Yeah. The film seemed like ridiculously fast paced and it looks Amblimation tried to keep up with caps in a very fucking weird way. Yeah, because they're not using caps, right? They're it's not. all hand drawn, but it's very like it 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 was dynamic. It looked pretty good. It looked better than the yeah. first the first Fival movie, right? First yeah, I agree. It looked pretty good. Yeah, it didn't look as like weirdly creepy as like the mouse of Mouse of Minsk. Mouse of Minsk. I can't believe you remember that. The yeah. battering ram that they used in the first yeah, movie. The big ass fucking animal thing. That yeah, they it did look pretty good. It looked pretty good. It did not look as good as the Rescuers Down Under. Um, did and not. due to the fact that uh, we're going to be pre-recording our next episode because um, I'm on vacation next week. I can tell you with a lot of oh, certainty, yeah. folks, it does not look as good as Beauty and the Beast, which I watched immediately after this movie. Oh, yeah. To get and it so- out of the way. Um, <laughs> and, and take care of that because I'm going to be gone. So, right. So, I took care of all these, all these at once. I watched them both back to back. And let right. me tell you how very dramatically, incredibly, this does not look as good as Beauty and the Beast. Like, so- holy fucking <laughs> shit. Which came out. I think you were just going to say this, right? Was that a perfect lead into yes, your next thing? It is. That is the number one thing that that like caused this movie to just like the nail in the coffin for this movie was the geniuses <laughs> at Universal put the movie out literally the same fucking day as Beauty and the Beast. Which is, let me tell you, fucking batshit. Like, it's like, I can, haven't just watched Beauty and the Beast. Like, let me tell you what just bumped itself higher on my Renaissance list. Like, that yeah. movie is good. I, it looks unbelievable. I'm really excited for us to talk about it um, in real time when this is recording, like tomorrow, right? Because we're yeah. going to record early. Tomorrow. Um, yeah. Holy shit. Well, that was a huge well, mistake on Universal's part. I mean, you would, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking though. Cause it's not even like, this is a time where there's like, like now where there's more animated stuff coming out from different studios a little more yeah. frequently. This is like, that. this was it. It was Disney and it was Universal ish. And they had made maybe, a sum yeah. total of two movies before this. And they put their third. No. All right. All right. They had secret in them. They had some other shit out, but. Anyway, here's like the the craziest part about like all of this though is if you look at the last two movies side by side, like the comparisons between what happened with uh The Rescuers Down Under and then you look at what happened with Five Old Goes West as these are the two studios like first sequels. That they both are technically plagued like plagued by the same problems. 
Rescuers Down Under failed miserably because it went up against Home Alone. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, and, th- and they were, they never practiced caps. They never tested it. They were just like, fuck it. Let's throw it in there. And while it does look groundbreaking, immediately you can notice problems with it. Right. And in this, the biggest thing that stood out to me the entire time I'm watching this movie is why are there just random plumes of smoke just floating around everywhere? It just fucking keeps happening. I don't get it. Like, like it when looks he's, bad because of it. It just or like looks, a it looks bad. It looks like someone just like 3D threw in some like smoke pillaring up from like, like a like rock. Rushed. And I'm like, dude, is this like a fucking steam production, like producing rock? What is happening right now? Like, I don't get it. Um, and, like to talk about your Beauty and the Beast thing before I, I let you talk after I cut you off. The last little fun fact about this um, or like, like kind of like a little shot at john cleese but john cleese actually <laughs> turned down the role of lumiere to be in this movie insane huh there's a couple like we should be keeping a roster of this because there's a, f- a lot of examples of this in film history where people give up like i mean there's top 10 videos of about it on youtube like it's one of those oh, things yeah. right like we should Tom be Cruise giving up on tony stark like yeah dude it's... but even where we are in the timeline before any oh, yeah. before the 2000s there even even now before the 90s like we've had examples of it in the timeline yeah. where people's given stuff up without thinking or without knowing because they you know hindsight They're captain like, hindsight's this, here to whatever. save the rescue Save the day. <laughs> Captain you the over there. 2020. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> it was two years ago. Um, no, I mean, like hindsight is 20. I know. I got you. God damn it. None of that was funny. We uh, we like almost were funny there for a second. We fucking suck. It's late. It's Monday. Zuko's looking at me like, dude, you guys suck ass. It's right like, now. that <laughs> wasn't funny. You guys just missed every beat. Lindsay like fucked up her. <laughs> yeah <laughs> my adverbs or whatever i was saying anyway um yeah john cleese not a smart move to no. pass up lumiere um well here's the other part about it too he took the and wait did you, you meant to no to play tiger right cleese is tiger not Catarwall. no john cleese is Catarwall. don oh. de Louise is tiger oh okay 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 and don de Louise reprised his role from the first one That's- yeah he was back okay i yeah. see well that was really stupid um, mm-hmm. Because Cat Wall was pretty the worst. Um, he had moments, but even as like a villain goes, I'm like, bro, you're you're. Never mind. He had Let's one or two moments. Fievel. Let's start with Fievel, the dumbest yeah. mouse in the West. I swear to God, dude! I, Why this adrenaline junkie, danger loving, dumbass? I just, dude, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. It, 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 his parents are the worst. They're the absolute worst. Fievel, the fucking, the town gets attacked by, by cats. And Fievel's first Surprise. thought is, right. I'm going to, I know. And I'm going to, Fievel's first thought is, I'm going to jump out the window and do, I don't even know what. Yeah, I don't know what, right? Like, Fievel just is like, oh my God, cat attack, yeah. run into the street. Like, why? Better get out there. Like, why? okay, and this is like, <laughs> this is one of my favorite things about this movie. It's fucking stupid, but it's hilarious to me, is you actually see, like, on screen, how stupid his choice was when he literally almost dies. Because of because of him having no clue what to Which do. Which happened in the last movie. Like, his refusal to, like, listen and follow protocol. Yeah, I mean, he falls off a goddamn boat. 
They, uh, like, well, I mean, and he's being screamed at the whole time in the first movie, like, cut yeah. the shit. Like, you know, he's never <laughs> listening. And so, honestly, it's like, I feel you. Like, these are not great mouse parents, but also, like, they're telling him what the right thing to do is. And Fievel has lived his whole precious short little mouse life under the oppression of the cat regime. Nowhere he has gone in the wide world has Fievel not been actively oppressed by cats and how does life threaten regularly by cats and like should know that when there's a cat attack and mom and dad say, sit the fuck down, the answer is not jump out jump the out window. Jump out the window, yeah. He learned nothing from the last movie or from his whole life under the cat regime. I just... Dude, here's the part that really pisses me off about this. They're telling him not to go, right? And of the two parents, honestly, Mama is probably the better of the two parents. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be real with you. When he jumps out the window, <laughs> she actually tries to go after him, and Papa is like, no. Right, like, Papa. Bro, like, what are you out the fucking window? Go after your kid, man. Because here's the thing. I mean, I think Papa Mouse is like, look, the mouse quitzes will have lots more mice. <laughs> five holes this is like survival he's of not my only child we i have a whole family to to support and to save here and if five holes is like this determined <laughs> to jump off of mass transit let him like because he just every time like, like oh my god damn and they dude. and then he's so like I think we're supposed to find this endearing, but I just find it frustrating when like they're on like the rapid ride through the sewer, right? Which were this a Disney movie should totally be a Disney ride. And, oh, it totally should. I can't believe it's not. I mean, Universal has a theme park. I kind of don't know. Well, maybe it's because this movie sucks. It's because this movie. They, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you guys, you guys had a real top notch ride built in and you I fucked know. it. Um <laughs> Man, we should be doing what has rides in Universal because we're coming up on I that. Know. That's going to be a real thing in the timeline. Um, anyway, the rest of the family is like holding on for dear life in the back of the rapid ride, right? In, the, in their little tube. And Fievel yeah. is like up front, like ready to jump out of it. And it's like, Fievel, you guys almost all just died again. Why do you feel like this is an amusement park ride? I know. Your life is at risk. Like, I really struggle to take the, the stakes seriously when Fievel takes them so unseriously. And... Uh, and and what's worse, right? Because all of that's kind of like tongue in cheek and funny, and like Fable's an asshole, right. right? But like, what's worse than all of that is that like his journey fucking sucked. Like, at least in the last movie, it was like him trying to find the family was like the whole movie, right? They kept having all those. They passed each other like ten times and didn't see each right. other. I'm glad that's not what we did in this movie because you know yawn. But well, yeah, I, we don't need to do it twice, but. At least in the last movie, like his journey had like a point or it was like the plot. His journey to Green Rapid or whatever, River. Green River. Um, yep, it's written right in front of me. I see that. Uh his journey to Green River was trash. Like I fucking hated everything about it. And they did the thing where he passes Tiger in the Mirage, which was a nice little homage to the first movie, because they do that all the time in the first movie. But I was glad that he found them quickly because I didn't want to right do that away. again. But his his whole little side quest fucking sucked. And then something I wanted to ask you that I, I didn't put in the notes because it seems so inconsequential. <laughs> is, the, uh, is that song that, where he's in the tumbleweed and he's rolling, rolling, rolling? Oh, yeah. It's Rawhide. It's a theme from Rawhide. Okay. But that's also, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I know it from that. My, my perhaps 
really like God. low brow bro low br- wow my low brow uneducated response to this is isn't wasn't that a walmart ad for like all the 90s oh, for rollback <laughs> yeah this is rolling, rolling, rolling. Like, yeah it was rollback yeah that's dude, that's- taken from five will goes west five will goes west took it from something else and so did no, walmart it was, jesus christ dude i'm seriously was- asking <laughs> this question i was like is this did walmart take that from from five no, oh my god, but I love you so much, and that's now what happened. I just, I don't know, it's my headcanon. I was like, it's a Walmart commercial, and then I was like, there's something you don't understand. Maybe I'm glad I asked the question. Jeez, dude. What is I, Rawhide? Is it a movie? Holy shit. What no, Rawhide was, it was a TV show. Okay. Uh, about the 1860s. It took, it, it was, it started back in 1959, I think. Nin- yeah, 1959. Uh, and it's actually where Eric Fleming got most of his uh infamy this is so not important right now but whatever anyway no that is a real song and okay. i that love you for thinking it was the walmart commercial for well, like, I think that walmart took it from universal i obviously didn't them, think this was yeah. taken from walmart but also i was like what's happening <laughs> <laughs> there's like a neuron firing in my brain that i didn't know was in there and i'm like what's going on this is amazing dude all right like, well, so i guess i'm glad i asked all right <laughs> yes i am too thank you for letting me flex on my nick at night knowledge um god <laughs> it's actually even before nick at night so here's the other thing that's like it's more like a continuity error i think um than anything else it's it's five so in the first one Fievel's dad is a tailor right and then I, randomly yes. is he yes he is I have no idea mama work in the sewing factory or the like sh- sewing shop or whatever oh i do not randomly recall. okay in this one, he now makes and sells violins, and no one wants to buy them, and that's why they live in squalor. That's like the whole conversation they have in the beginning. He's like, in Russia, my violin sold all the time, and now they don't. He does specifically say that, and I just pulled up the wiki. Uh, okay. All right, hang on. I'm obviously incapable because I had like a accept cookies or something up over the end oh. of the start of the entry. So I thought there was nothing in here. Yeah, he did. Uh, they, they say that uh, he was, it said Mouskovitz Taylor above the entrance when they first moved to New York. He said he became yeah. a tailor when they first arrived in America. And then randomly um, he's like a fucking violent. Yeah, and then like, because when Catterwall discovers Tanya, she's painting the letters on the Mouskovitz violin shop. Yeah, she is. You're right. All right. So he's made a career change and it's tanked them. It's ruined their livelihoods. Yeah, now they have to move out west, which they do with basically no prompting, right? The cats have oh, this like yeah. insane plan and which cat- we're going to talk about imminently. But like yeah. I I just it it's it's weird. His friend Tony Tapatoni or Tapatino from uh the first one, the guy who calls him Philly. Oh yeah, gone. The, yeah, he shows up in four scenes and has no speaking. Yeah, he shows up in four scenes and has no I speaking didn't roles. Notice him. He's so, the only the two biggest parts <laughs> that you notice him in are when they first get to Green River and he's helping his wife and their newborn child escape down the sewer drain. Those are really the two. Wait, but that's in New York when they go to the sewer drain. So yeah, that's in New York. And then when they first get to Green River and all the mice are trying to like stake their claim, he's the mouse that puts his puts the welcome mat and the mailbox outside of the shoe. How the fuck did you spot that? 
because it's like you're I'm like looking for them because I was like, dude, I remember like fucking hating this dude. I forgot about him entirely. I guess I don't like these movies very much because I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, he was here. So, yeah, you're right. Like all all of those guys are gone and we like they make it out as though um, Tiger is his best friend. They kind mm-hmm. of retcon that. Yeah, Tiger is now his best friend who has. Bro. I, this is going to be my segue into cats and in the cats and dogs side of this movie, but I I fucking called it in uh, Rescuers Down Under. They sexualized the living shit out of the Miss Kitty. Of Miss Kitty. Yeah, dude, they did. The fact that this kid, <laughs> dude, this cat has cleavage. She does. And like they emphasize the fact that she is. Thick, like three C's thick when she's oh, yeah, totally. when she first meets Tanya. And Body she's got positivity. Water. Yeah, dude. It's it's crazy shit to me. Yeah. That and I'm just like, and then she does the same thing to Tanya. And Tanya has this weird like turnaround moment where she's like, I don't need makeup for some reason. Um, even though she was a singer and everyone now loves her as a singer, like you got what you wanted. Everyone Why are you hated like, oh, her, and then she's like, I'm not pretty, and I'm like What's happening with your character arc? Is this supposed to make sense? Because I kind of like what's happening with her, sort of, almost. Yeah. She has the most, most, her and Tiger have the most growth of anybody in this movie. Fievel doesn't learn shit. Never. No. And not in a cool Disney princess way, which is my new take that I can't wait to discuss after watching Beauty and the Beast. That Disney princesses (laughs) don't need an arc because they were all right to begin with and they're great. All there. Yeah. They, they've just been great from the start and it's all those assholes around them that gotta get on their level that's what disney princesses are about it's my this is my new theory i can't wait to discuss A- anything but but fucking fievel goes west but no i i uh no fievel in a bad way had no character growth and yeah. um and tanya's was weird and underdeveloped but i at least enjoyed seeing her on screen i guess like her scenes were kind of some of my favorites i do like her song in the bar when she does become famous in the saloon i do like that song i like her song Um, in the in the little mirror and i like how she dances with caterwall and his hand um i i liked her stuff with miss kitty i liked miss kitty I kind of don't care how sexualized she is. She's no, I know. I'm just saying, like, I love this. Wrong. Too, You're not wrong. Like, I just didn't have a problem with it. It wasn't it I, wasn't yeah. sexualization that made me go, fuck you. You know, yeah. you know <laughs> what I mean? I was I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. But she's a badass. She had this very like um a reference Brooklyn. that you will not understand, Scott, oh but that God. but that intelligent listeners who take my opinion seriously will <laughs> will know what I mean. She's a very like Mave Westworld vibe, right? Anyway, um, I liked the Tanya stuff, but but uh, what was so weird was the cats, right? Yeah. So I read your note as you were going through them, and I do feel like I have to explain their plan because he literally only says it one time, and it because is the rest ridiculous. Of the movie, it is ridiculous, and here's like the most ridiculous part about it. His plan is to exploit the labor of the mice to build an empire for himself <laughs> underneath this human town. Right? I don't care about that because this is anthropomorphic and they the humans only acknowledge the animals when they need to. Like when Chula and Fievel are running through the, the saloon upstairs, the guy shoots at Chula on the barrel or whatever. 
That's yeah, the only time or, that God, actually you know the spider's that. name. Yeah, he's voiced by Don Lovitz. I love Don Lovitz or John Yo, Lovitz. I'm like the spider. Anyway, so right, yeah, okay. So their plan. <laughs> oh, yeah, or at the end is what I was going to say. At the end, when Catterwall gets captured, sure, people occasionally pay attention. Oh, to the yeah, they do show up. They do pay attention to the yeah, animals, yeah, yeah. which he gets picked up by again, dude. I don't know what it is about the '90s, and maybe they were tired of like slender models or whatever. But the woman that picks up Catterwall on the fucking train is barely contained in this dress <laughs> that she's got on. I just, I, it blows my mind. Anyway, and we saw it in sort of, or uh, we saw it in um, the Black Cauldron we with the did. three witches that were supposed to be the fates, and the one chick has just massive tits that, that the kid like loses his fucking head in. Can I blow your mind for a second? Yes, please do. The difference is not like slimmer models versus fuller models. All oh, of their it? tits look like that. What the difference is when older women are animated. They're generally larger overall, and then they have these huge tits. But trust me, Jessica Rabbit had the same cup size. Oh, that's it's very her true. waist that makes it different. Uh, they all have tits. They all have huge tits. It's just are they drawn to be sexual objects or rich old ladies? That's very true. I like that. Thank you for thank you for filling me in. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, don't worry. It's all about the waist. They've all got a triple fucking F cup. Like, yeah, they all for real, dude. Like, defying gravity for two levels, taking advantage of no gravity in this. Other fucking than the movie. princesses, right? But like, but yeah, well, that's because they're all under the age of fucking twelve. Yeah, for serious. That's totally not true. But here, okay, mm-hmm. so like, they want to exploit their labor to build this town, and then they're going to kill all the mice and have mice burgers, and then live in this town. Here is the number one dumbest fucking part about this plan. All of the buildings are built for mice. Yeah. These cats are fucking 10 times these mice's size. And they don't, I don't think, make it especially clear that the plan is like exploit the labor to build the whole town. They really make it seem like he's, yeah. And they make the the way the rest of the movie makes it look is more like. They just want to build the mouse trap, yep. and I'm like, you had every opportunity to kill them without having them like emigrate out west and build this mouse trap. Like I'm like, yeah, you guys Not could have you had them all in, a in New York. Yeah, they yeah, were all, they were all in a box all. underneath the fucking train, and he knew they were there. It just, but they, but uh, but the cats also wanted to emigrate, and they wanted to, you know, like the whole thing is like, and, yeah, but there's I, no message to it this is the thing i'm digging i'm trying to think of like how this is about like western expansion and and manifest destiny but like i don't think that it is the few themes that i was able to try to dredge up had nothing to do with that and i I, the only thing (laughs) that honestly like the only thing and this is such a fucking stretch but the pieces are there the only thing that I can think is that this is somehow a commentary on railroad companies being like exploiting immigrant labor to produce their rail empire while not giving a shit about their actual employees. I mean, that's the only thing I can think because even the water doesn't play a part in this. I thought that it would. I thought we were going somewhere. Oh, I know. He the shuts water. the water off. He, yeah, he shuts the I and when when they did that, so they have the big uh which makes this makes no fucking sense when you think about it for more than a second, but that's okay. There's a giant water uh, 
like a silo or the barreled water tower, right? Yeah. Um, That's like the human water tower and like the trickle, like it has a slow leak. Yeah. And that leak is creating like the river for the mice and like their prosperous like life or whatever. And then there's just a mouse town in the middle of this human town. But the humans are like, yeah, whatever. It's like, it's fucking grass. That's fine. There's this just growing like, yeah, flowers and little homes. Like no one worry about it. Everyone make sure that trickle keeps coming out of the water tower. But they patch it up and immediately it dries up and everything dies. And I'm like, so do we have like. Is that what this is about? Is that about? the problem? Because now we're stepping into Rango territory where the water <laughs> is the main part of the fucking issue. Well, and, and it's not. Fine. They're all happy and building a goddamn town and singing and no, shit. Everything's fucking water or no, right? They're not yeah. concerned. Well, and, and I guess to be fair, the cats do bring out a bucket of water, right? That they're a like, no, we got it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's – it. I thought – my memory when I saw that was that it was a bigger part of the movie because the ending has the water come down again and everything turns yeah, green. Yeah, and then the stream actually happens, which is very Lion King-ish. The rains come back to Pride Rock and then like out of no – which is like the – I'm not going to get into it, but it's the theory that Mufasa was a god the whole time. Whatever. What? All right. We're yeah. going to talk about that. That's not one that I've heard. Um really my memory told me that that would be more important though because i remembered it happening at the end i was like oh and it gets resolved because they get the water but there is no climate change land before time fucking like nothing whatever i guess i could see the railroad argument but the the thing that that doesn't fit with that no pun intended well and okay having not like researched it but off the top of my head my knowledge about that history is that a lot of those migrant workers were coming from asia Yes, and like were. the Californias. So I kind of it if if that was like Don Bluth was I know Don Bluth's not involved in this movie, which is the problem, but were he to be trying to here. do commentary on that, I feel like we would have a new family of mice that came from Asia. Right. Like they Don yeah. Bluth was on it for that enough. I don't feel like they would have this like Jewish Russian mouse family from New York try and be the stand-in for the migrant workers who are no, the not a shot, not a so shot in hell. That's where that doesn't track for me because, but also it's not Don Bluth. And then the other thing that I thought we might have something interesting on here is the like super basic but also sort of interesting addition of dogs to the lore. Yeah, because there's no dogs in the first movie. Um, no, dogs are everywhere in the first part of this. And again, you guys know how much I love cartoon sounds and like screaming and running and shit. Tiger's entire attempt to get to the train, I laughed even to this day. And then when cut to when Scott, I'm glad I you're know. here to balance me out. I know. Like, <laughs> She's like, this is so fucking stupid. Oh, you should see me like throwing shit at the TV. I love that somebody's dude. out there happy. With it. No, dude, you know what it is? Honestly, it's because everything that happens to him is so absolutely ludicrous he falls off like a 50 story building and then pinballs his way through a bunch of dog cages and then he somehow like gets away like come on dude like it's just so dumb hate dad jokes and slapstick and i know i want like a quiet pensive episode of better call saul i'm like (laughs) but where were you going with that tiger made a bunch of silly noises sure no like it it introduces this aesthetic of like there is something worse than the cats, right? And then it's the dog. Well, except that it's not. They're like friends yeah. to the mice, which is Well, Wiley Wiley is, but he's also like an over the hill sheriff. But he's like their 
like Fievel plays Wiley Burp, right? He's, oh, yeah, it's he's a like game he plays. Like dogs are like not seen as a bad thing to the cats. It's not taboo, for instance, for for him to like a dog. There's yeah. no comment about this. Like dogs seem like the hero. Like they portray it very much as cat, like the stereotype, right? Which I'm like looking at my kitties, like don't listen, guys. This isn't true. <laughs> but, like, the cats are like you know evil. sneaky and nasty and evil and dogs are like loyal and good friends and do the right thing like it's the it's that sort of thing and i'm like don't listen mr blue he's a good cat well here's the other thing that doesn't make sense is like okay only cats are gonna go after rodents bro i guarantee you if i let him in the backyard right now and there's a fucking mouse on my deck zuko would be mad gone he'd be after it yeah my dog growing up used to eat or uh, catch moles she'd bring us dead moles yeah dude yeah it's, did not like that it's insane Zuko has a, a fucking lizard friend in the backyard on the wall. He, I shit you not, every time I let him out, regardless of the time of day, he immediately looks at the wall to see if his lizard friend is there. If he's not, he goes to the rest of the backyard. If he is, he gets closer and just stares at him. And I'm like, dude, if this lizard moves, Zuko's going to break his face on my fucking wall trying yep. to get this lizard. Kevin has that relationship with a squirrel that is like really extremely successful, like the fattest, happiest squirrel I've ever seen in my life. Right? This was last winter. And this thing buried its nuts like right outside my office window, where, of course, awesome. if I'm in my office, which I am all day, the cats are in the office because they only want to be where I am. Well, Kevin watches the squirrel, but it's he's jealous of it because he sees the squirrel eating because he pulls up his nuts and eats when he's out there in the winter. And that's like where he buried them and he goes to eat. And Kevin knows this thing is eating and he is as jealous of the squirrel eating its nuts as he does wish that he could eat the squirrel. And he just sits <laughs> there and is like, like he's starving to death. <laughs> anyway, um, I but I did think it was like you could really feel Bluth's absence with the dog stuff because like yeah. if this was his movie, that would have been much more something oh right? yeah for Whereas, sure like dogs are definitely like the the ones that are able to bully the cats they're the ones that are able to get the cats under control and the whole thing is like to fight the other cats you have to be like a dog which is tiger's whole thing at the end become a dog and then you can fight the other cats and they just almost had something interesting to say or some kind of like you know thesis about what this yeah, movie was about i, I guarantee you bluth was involved <laughs> i'll tell you this for free <laughs> bluth if bluth's involvement or bluth's lack of involvement robbed us or better yet it forced us to endure this nonsense indian thing oh it's just racist i don't fucking get it this wouldn't have happened with bluth no this if anything i'm dude okay so we were talking about it if anything five would have met a family of chinese mice on the train and it would have been about him forming a friendship with this kid and learning that not like immigrants all over came to america to learn about you know having or like to to get a better life because again, throughout the whole first part of this movie, we see all the immigrant mice from the first one. We see the Italian mice who has like 14 kids or whatever. I can't believe you spotted any of this. I just was like, mice, mice everywhere. <laughs> it's a shit show. Like that was my take on the opener of this movie in that whole first act. I'm like, what? Really? And I think a big part of it too is, again, this is me trying to find like some kind of commentary, but a lot of like Irish immigrants or just immigrants in general, when they came to New York were forced into like groups 
and like and like looked down upon. And it feels like that's how the mice are all over New York. Yeah. I mean, that's why in real life you have like in Boston, for instance, um, and New York too, but there's like an Italian side of Boston. Oh yeah, like little know, there's an Irish and, Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like that's why those kinds of things uh, exist in those old Eastern cities, but no, it's, I'm with you. I, I really don't know what the message is. Like, I guess kind of, maybe it's that like the dogs are like tough cowboys and that's like a yeah. good thing. And the cats are like these like kind of like unctuous city slickers. And, and I'm like, what is this movie trying to tell us? But I, I think, is it nothing? I think it's nothing. I really don't know what the message is here. And the <laughs> main reason I don't know what the message is here is because no one learns anything no, no not at all. <laughs> the only person who like i said dude tiger and tanya have the biggest growth in this movie and all tiger, tiger really learns is to something. be tough because dude he goes ape shit when to when uh chula threatens miss kitty he fucking loses it yeah they learn the lazy eye and that's all like <laughs> completely just grotesque right like in ridiculous. The end. and the fact that five doing it too i never noticed that until this rewatch if you watch all three of them are doing they it. they all do it and and <laughs> which is nice the the only thing that sort of like worked for me at all in the whole movie was like that where it was like the cat the dog and the mouse the and the mouse yeah. and they've come together in this melting pot of american society and the late 1800s to fucking get Build rid of the West. once and for all and yeah, yeah. I, I just i don't know but i enjoyed the three of them together and i kind of liked like they were almost onto something with tiger's thing right of yeah. like we're gonna make it this could have been tiger's movie it really kind of could have especially because he's in it for half the fucking movie anyway it's half about him getting there too like nothing happens that's what it's incredible the movie is like I swear to God, it's like there. 70 minutes long, right? Like it's not a long movie yeah. and they do nothing, right? They're singing mm-hmm. the Walmart song and <laughs> it's racist as fuck. And the cats have an insane plan that doesn't make sense. And there's a lot of like running around and wasting time and five falls off the fucking train. And it, they are in the last 10 minutes in the movie, which it's funny. I, I mentioned this in the last Indiana Jones and it's still kind of true where there's no like, epilogue to anything it's like the action takes place in the last like three minutes of the film (laughs) he learns to be a dog literally the day before but 10 minutes of screen time like they cannot they can make it whatever it is in the in the canon time that it took to do it i don't fucking care you know they could do like 24 for all i care i just but the fact that it's like the last 10 minutes of the film and i've been watching this bitch for 60 (laughs) minutes and nothing has happened at all except that tanya learned to put on blush and sing a song which i didn't hate somehow and and then (laughs) i like like what we get here and, and, and tiger does something kind of interesting and they have a montage that belongs in the middle of the movie and oh, they yeah. do it in the last 10 minutes of like preparing to go fight the cats and i'm like you almost had something here you almost had a neat little rocky homage and like kind of a fun like you could have maybe had some level of meaning to the story and had it be yeah. about the ingenuity of the old West. Like maybe that's what they're trying to get to of like that, but they didn't, they didn't get there for the, to be clear. Like I'm stretching so hard to try and find meaning in this film. Like nothing the fuck happened. So this movie ends with more questions. I swear to God, dude, I feel like I'm just repeating myself from the secrets of Dumbledore, but this movie (laughs) just leaves me with more questions. Was Wiley dying 
it's unknown, man. It seemed to me that Wiley needed a challenge to be like woken up out of his stupor. Yeah. But, you know, shit that they could have devoted three to five minutes of screen time for and explained, but chose not to. It lives in that other end of the multiverse. It does. It's another part of the movie we never got. there's There's a version of this movie where Bluth never left. Yeah, and it doesn't suck. Because, like, how does Feifel know about Wiley Burp? He saw the magazine of him because when you went in the very beginning of the movie, when Michael or Michael, when Fievel is having his hallucination, Doug funny level uh, reality break. Right. Good reference. I appreciate that. You. He gets into a gu- the gunslinger fight and then the, the image dissolves when his mom calls him. And if you pay attention to what's behind Fievel, it's a comic book or a magazine or something about the adventures of Wiley Burp. So like. Like a mouse size comic book, or was it a person sized comic book? No, it's like a it's like a perfect person size. So a person book. wrote a comic book about Wiley Burke, about who this fucking a dog. dog. Yeah, being so. So he's clearly famous. He's also got a fucking sheriff badge. There's nuggets of where this wasn't going to be a complete dumpster fire, and nope. Don Bluth exited the scene, and I am disappointed. Should we move into the rumor requirement? Yeah, because one of your rumor requirement comments is that he can turn his hat inside out and it just happens to suddenly now be a cowboy hat, which never gets explained. It's just because he wants to be a cowboy. No, it happens because the plot says now Fievel's a cowboy. Here's my next. Here's like my question to that. At the end of the movie, when Wiley is, by the way, guys, if you have not figured this out or you're living under a rock, Wiley Burp is based on Wyatt Earp. Like one of the most infamous gunslingers in like Western history. Okay. Anyway, so at the end, he's sitting with with Wiley, and they honestly do have a pretty decent conversation about what it means to be a hero, and that Fievel was the hero like he needed to be all along. And in my head, I'm like, mm, he really wasn't because he <laughs> shut up. Um, but or then, Fievel didn't do anything of merit. Or like to Fievel, he really all he yeah. did was hold the barrel of the or the fucking hammer of the revolver back. Well, okay, you know what Fievel does in this movie? Actually, he to be fair, together. not even, well. He kind of does that in the last one more so. Um, no, in this one, what Fievel again? Like it's done so badly that I didn't even think about it <laughs> until now. But Fievel has a a little arc of. Um, he knows the truth and nobody else does. And he's trying to prove it. And everyone's yeah. telling him he's like cray. And then he has to go to Wiley Burp because no one will listen to him. But it is so poorly done that I forgot about it. So it really doesn't count. Like they didn't, ex- they didn't make it worthwhile. It was wrapped up in way too much slapstick with the spider. Oh like, yeah. Way too. And it's like Tanya's right there. And he's not like Tanya, like I have information for you. Like they just, it's like, they don't even connect. It's like, they don't even know each other in that scene. So it's, it's done really, really poorly. But that, I guess, is something, is Fievel's arc, right? Of, like, learning to be a hero when no one's fucking paying any attention. Well, yeah, when no one gives a shit. It's basically, like, you could say Even the title of this die. is Integrity, doing the right thing when no one is looking or believes you. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Is that what this movie is about? No, it's not at all. This is the other fucking torrential level problem I have with this fucking movie. It just keeps coming down. They just got Fievel back. He got thrown off the train and he's literally trying to tell them what's going on. And everybody is like, fuck you, kid. There's no way you can know what's going on. Yeah, that was weird, right? Because I feel like in the last movie, they would have totally listened to him. Oh, they would have listened have to him. Have they connected before the, the last beginning. three oh, seconds know, the of the last film? Two which, minutes before the movie, no. including the credits. 
I think it was fewer than two. I honestly, these yeah, fucking movies, I think it man. actually might have been. The last, like, the, the main thing about the hat, though, is, like, at the end of the movie, when he finds out, like, Wiley's like, you know, you if you look out Bell on the Hills, like, you're the hero all along. And I'm yeah. like, okay, dude, that, like, almost could have been, like, a good line. Like, small but mighty, right? Or yeah, Exactly. But they... But they don't. But they don't. That's not what the movie was about. I know. It has nothing to do with it. Um, But then Fievel like undoes his hat and it's back to the hat his dad gave him. So my fucking first thought when I saw him do that was, does he not care about the West anymore? Does he not want to be like an adventurous cowboy now? Is he like, no, I've got like a pretty good life here. Like, even though he has no idea what his life is now because he spent the whole fucking last two days. Well... Here's what I'm going to tell you from a canon perspective. Not that I watched these sequels because I did not, but it Thank is. It, nah, this is not what I'm going to do. I, I am, however, going to watch the uh, ever, ever prestigious Beauty and the Beast sequels after. Let's Call go. <laughs> Enchanted Christmas is a fucking classic. Enchanted Fight Christmas me. is coming. Oh, I'm watching it. I'm watching it. I, Tim I, but, Curry is in that movie. You guys. Oh, honey. All right. I'm going to watch. I. But I did not watch the ones for this, but I do know for a fact, Scott, I would not shit you <laughs> that in the next movie, they are back in New York like it never happened. Shut like it was a fucking right fever you- dream. No, I'm not kidding. The next movie is called And the Something Something of New York. And it is my oh. understanding that it is never mentioned again that they spent time in the old west and that this is considered to be like a canon fever dream that went to theaters like that this okay. didn't happen in in five canon next two movies take place not out west with no mention of it here's what's really funny is i actually vaguely remember reading about this when we did an american yeah. tale yeah. i vaguely I remember think we reading. talked about it then briefly yeah. and that it was supposed to be just like something he fucking made up in his head yeah i think this is five's fever dream and this is insane honest to god <laughs> for, there are 15 of them and the land before time movies do continuity better than that Oh, yeah, dude. Like, hardcore better. Like, shit is, like, consistent. Like, Sarah's stepmother sticks around. Like, there's... Anyway, the last thing, and it's... I didn't want to say it because it's such a cheap shot, but you wrote it in the notes. Yeah, because it was so obvious. It was... Dude, yeah. And I just... it. She just keeps saying the word pussy over and over again. Which I'm going to say is a first for this podcast. Okay, so the first time this word has ever popped up. It's probably the first time we've said pussy. And to add context to what you're saying. <laughs> I know. There is a, a human person who is trying to like force one of the cats like into her boobs. Uh, to snug. Is it Catterwall? Is it him at the end? Yeah. Um, and she just is repeating pussy, pussy, pussy. And like, obviously she's saying it like he's a cat, right? But it's like. Right that's obviously also not like it's that's a joke it's for the adults yeah like right. that's an adult joke a hundred percent yeah and it was like not great I, I will say this though like it i love when like villains are thrown off by simple comments and the fact that miss kitty keeps calling him pussy poo and he keeps he keeps going, so yes, i believe i told you not even like two seconds ago that i distinctly hate being called pussy poo like I don't know why that shit just like cracks me up. A couple other things for rumor requirement, which for those who have maybe not heard our last couple of episodes, this I'll plug it real quick. That this is the <laughs> the segment where we're gonna put in everything that we we don't know where else it goes, and we just need a place that fits it. So that's the rumor requirement. So, yeah. um, 
if you guys have feedback on anything, send it to us because we'll read it out in the room requirement in the next episode mm-hmm. as, as required. Um, <laughs> but the other thing I had here was the train whispers Wild West, Wild, Wild West, West, Wild West as it chugs along, which I like that. Uh, it's way out west. Way out west. Way because out of west. the song that they were just singing, which I got to tell you guys, of, oh. of the songs in this movie, <laughs> I can't even understand what they're singing. I just could. I, I almost I hate captions and fuck you, Anna. Because she does this on my HBO Max account all the time. But I almost turned on captions just to see the fucking lyrics of the song. Because I, I could not understand what they were singing about. Yeah. Except for Way Out West. Way Out West for the something, something, something. Da, 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 da. It's a song. That's what it is. It's a song. <laughs> it's the second time in the two movies where they sing about how much better their life will be when they arrive. And they sing yeah. this song right before bible gets thrown off yeah both times it's like this yeah very it's very formulaic the fact that bible falls off the train at all honestly is really formulaic and kind of wildly unnecessary like we didn't need that to happen in order for him to overhear the cat's plan and need to communicate it back to i just i Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I okay. I completely fucking forgot about this. There actually is a because you know, like we're in the 90s now. We're gonna be looking for like Disney plot holes and shit. There is a massive plot hole in this movie, and it actually takes place when Fievel overhears their plan. So, the conductor mouse, who was about to be eaten as a sandwich and gets shoved out of the sandwich when Fievel accidentally drops the puppet into the sandwich heard everything yeah you're right actually and just runs away did he, he run away they didn't he eat runs that guy? into a hole no he doesn't the mouse doesn't get eaten caterwall accidentally eats the puppet and then he's like dude what the fuck what if he just didn't emigrate like because not all he's the on mice the train. in new york like, city why, is he really <laughs> why wouldn't he runs into a hole in the caboose and he why would the first fucking thing that you do not be to run and tell the mice that you almost got eaten and these these fucking cats are full of shit like yeah. get off his train or like yeah. just fucking hide and he he's gone he doesn't even get off the train with them he's not even there to announce that the train arrived that's the last time we see him but right before but that when they're leaving the new train. york yeah, when we leave, when he's leaving New York, he picks up the actual conductor's watch and announces to everybody that they're about to leave for Green River. Interesting. I did. I didn't even think of that until I was watching this, and I'm like, wait, what the fuck, dude? Like he runs away after hearing their whole goddamn plan. I want to get your rating. It wasn't great. I gave this thing a five, and I feel like that's generous as fuck. Same. Nothing happened. It was somehow an hour of filler, and. <laughs> In an hour and 15 minute movie. It looked all right. The songs, especially Tanya's, were access- acceptable. I kind of liked Miss Kitty. If this had happened in the 60s, I would have said it was good. Like if this came out earlier oh. in the timeline, I would have been yeah. like, knocked it out of the park, Amblin, like way to go. This was great. But like, this is bad. And I am shocked at how much I remember preferring this to the original movie. Because when I was younger, I same with Rescuers Down Under. Again, yep. weird similarities between these two movies coming out back to back. But I, I really remember liking it a lot and looking back on it, I'm like, this fucking trash. And my <laughs> thesis is... That both the rescuers down under and Fievel goes west look so much better, better than, the than their predecessors yeah. that my three year old brain didn't give a fuck whether there was a plot. And 
without a doubt, the first movies in those two franchises are better, but they look like Worse. miles away. Uh, it's yeah. Well, it, I think that my my child brain just really enjoyed watching the oh yeah the fancy three D colors and stuff, um, and that that's why I remember liking them so much more. I can tell you right now that one of the reasons I don't, I didn't really care for like all dogs go to heaven and like the original American tale is there are images in these movies that are just horrifying. Makes me want to rescind my desire to do once upon a forest. I'm actually scared Fuck to no, watch dude. once upon we're, a forest. We're so doing that. I want you to know that I'm not backing out, but that I'm actually my desire to back Concerned. out comes from actual fear. Not oh, from no, I know. not from feeling like it's a shitty movie or I couldn't be bothered or I'm fucking bored by it or like I can't deal with that right now. That's terrible, like the Ninja Turtles. But no. like I'm actually afraid that I'm gonna be scared when I watch Once Upon a Forest. No, <laughs> and I'll tell I'll tell I'll tell you why. Because we're about to get back like with those, we're about to get that. And Fern Gully. We are about to get massive environmentalist movies. But you were with me. We we're giving it a five. Do we rate yeah. Catterwall the worst of all the? So, I can't even bring myself to rate this guy. I'm like, you were in the movie, I guess. I'll, I'll give him this. His plan makes the first part of his plan intelligently makes sense. Getting what you want from the mice requires being a different type of cat. Sure, that almost could have been interesting. You're right. That yeah. almost that also could almost have been the plot of the movie. It totally could have. Well, none of these things transpired to be the thing that the movie was about. But you're right. That's all. There's a nugget of that in there too. Yeah, and the biggest problem is it falls apart when you think for two seconds that these cats are going to live in the town that these fucking mice built. It, it there's no there's no fucking way. Catterwall. Yeah. <laughs> he literally <laughs> shows. How different their sizes are when she's painting the window to her shop, and his hand is the size of her body. Yeah. What? What? What town are you gonna live in? And they don't really emphasize the plan enough either. Like to no, me, like I honestly time. was like, I thought maybe they just wanted them to build the saloon. Like it didn't track with me that they were trying to build the whole thing. That's what's crazy is the saloon was already there. So oh, I was thinking that too. I was like, but it was operational. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I didn't know what the plan was. I'm telling you. And well, they I, say it one time, and then the only thing they ever say is mouse burgers. But well, but I think I think this is testament to like how bad some of it is because like I am watching the movie. Like I'm not on my phone. I'm not crushing candy. Oh yeah. Like I'm watching the movie with my notes up. That is how I do this. And I still was like, what does he want to build? Why yeah. are we here? Why do we have to emigrate in order to eat the mice? I don't understand. <laughs> like I just. He starts off by saying, uh, he literally, he literally <laughs> says, keep it lively, chaps, lots of violence, but remember no eating. No eating. Yeah. Right. Carry on. And then like, you're like, wait, what are we doing? And then they get down in the sewer and you're like, was he trying to drown them? Or is he just trying to get them all in one place? Because you technically just had them all in one place. And are they not mice out West or do they just, they just, they have to manipulate these. That was the other thing. Are they fucking like, are there just no, why are there no cats out West? Are these the only cats the cats came with them? Like, what the fuck? Maybe it's just this one town, but this is like the place that the train goes and like that humans don't recognize don't rushing know, rivers of fucking water that sprout magic, instant grow flowers and build a city somewhere. I can't, I'm actually like so disappointed that knowing that the canon for this movie is that this shit didn't even happen. 
Yeah, the canon is. Don't worry about it. It was Dude, a dream. They were like, "Holy fuck!" It doesn't actually. So like, none of the plot holes matter. Like the magical river doesn't matter because none of this happened. So none of this. This was a fucking six-year-old mouse's fever dream. Let's pretend this. Yeah, this particular end of the multiverse. Let's just pretend it didn't take place and get stoked for next week. Take us out of here. Uh, yeah. As always, thank you all so much for joining us tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves as little as we did. Uh, and maybe even learn something. Join us next Retina, week. Probably for, not this time. Probably not. Yeah. Um, I can guarantee you guys are going to very much enjoy us next week uh, when we tackle uh, Beauty and the Beast. And we'll be bringing my sister on for that because she uh, specifically asked for that one. And I'm a good person. Uh, be <laughs> sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as well as on our uh, social media. You can find the links to our sites and social media in the episode descriptions. If you would like to support the podcast or hear the game show that we've begun called Rewind the Timeline, we encourage you to follow us on our Patreon as well as check out our website for all the timeline goodies, past, present, and future. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy. <laughs>